Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. This is Coffee with Ken on a Sunday slash morning afternoon. So great to come on the air. It's uh, in New York. It's starting to warm up a little bit. Not a lot, a little bit. We're hoping that it uh, gets a little bit warmer, else I'm going to have to flee down south. So, folks, a lot going on in regards to the uh, Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine. And some of the things that are going on are quite heartbreaking. Uh, on the screen, here's a picture of um, the Russian, excuse me, the Ukrainian president, Zelensky. And he sort of made a, a name for himself, uh, being a real amazing leader, a fearless leader, a leader that is ready to fight, literally fight for his country. Um, according to the New York Times, the Ukrainian military outmanned and outgunned, waged a ferocious close-range battles on Saturday to maintain control of the capital, Kiev, and other cities around the country as intense street fighting broke out on the third day of the Russian invasion. A day after Ukrainian soldiers sought to forestall an attack on the capital by blowing up bridges and setting up armed checkpoints, bursts of gunfire and explosions could be heard across Kiev, including in its heart, Maiden Square, where Ukrainian protests led to the toppling of a pro-Moscow government in 2014. In keeping with the pattern since the Russian invasion began, as night fell in the capital, the bombardment intensified. Two large explosions shook Kiev shortly before 1 a.m. on Sunday after the government warned that an airstrike was imminent. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky, who was in Kiev, said Saturday that the military, aided by civilians armed with rifles and firebombs, was repelling attacks throughout the country. He scoffed at reports that the United States had offered to evacuate him. The fight is here. The Ukrainian embassy in London quoted Mr. Zelensky as saying, I need ammunition, not a ride. How is that for a leader? How is that for balls on a leader, right? I can't imagine any of our politicians, if we were being attacked, them not offering a ride out of the country. They would take it in a minute, you know? And it's it's just an incredible thing. And the people in that country have a resolve to fight back. This picture you see on the screen right now, that's Miss Ukraine dressed in her bathing suit, but yet there she is ready for combat. She's ready to fight to protect her country. On the screen right now, those um, are the two fighters, the Klitschko brothers, Waldemir and Vladimir Klitschko. One was at one time the heavyweight champion of the world. They're ready to, they're putting on their army gear, their fight gear, and they're ready to protect their country also. So it, it's an amazing thing. That's Vladimir Klitschko right there you're looking at on the screen. Uh, the world is watching this, and it's a horrendous thing that in this day and age, one country can just invade another country. And the reasons that uh, Milwaukee Civilian, how are you? As always, out of the box. Thanks for your perspective, Bill. Thank you, Milwaukee Civilian. Good to see you guys. All you guys that are joining me today on a Sunday I appreciate you being here. This is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories, and I'm your host, Bill Cannon. If you're not subscribed to us, please go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, ring that bell, give us a thumbs up. And if you want to support us uh, financially, you can go on our Patreon. We have three different levels. And you can see the folks in the green font in the chat. They're members of our YouTube family, where we have five levels that you can support us. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of. Um, of the uh, the news of, of the invasion of Ukraine, you could see that 
I'm going to put this on the screen. You can see it's no joke. And and you, if you compare this uh, to any of the things that have happened in our country, I don't think it it, it fits. But the possibilities of any, of this happening anywhere are, are there. In an invasion in which little escapes the invaded. This was a housing estate in the southeast of Kiev, and the firefighters are battling the aftermath of a Russian cruise missile. No one really knows why the Russians targeted Tower Block 7 on Pashti Street. It may have been a stray, and miraculously, no one was killed. But this morning, the survivors were less interested in the how and more in the why us. No one had the answer. Not the old lady on the fourth floor, oblivious to the fact that her balcony was on the verge of collapse. Not the woman next door on the seventh floor, busy shoveling glass out of her living room. All of them wondering what the point of the clear-up is when this is just day two of an invasion that could last weeks, while holding their capital city and their president to political ransom. Are you scared? Yeah. You're going to stay here or leave? Yeah. You're going to stay here? Uh, I live here, but I can't stay here now. Right. Where would you go? I don't know. Folks on the screen are fo people in a residential building who were bombed out by the Russians last night. And their building is a mess, and they're talking about where they're going to go from here. As this piece and it's just heartbreaking to see this. You can imagine this, crater. you know, in New York City. Thanks you to a man who is accused of Ukraine of being a nation like of neo-Nazis and is waging war to make the point of a lie. That's Vladimir Putin on the screen. I'm going to remove him from the screen right now, folks. So there you have it, uh, just a horrendous invasion of their country. Um, the people really don't know what to do. They don't know what's going to happen next. Can their gov government, can they stave off this attack uh, by the Russians? And I don't know if, uh, I know NATO and the United States is supporting them financially. I, I just read where um, Biden offered 375 million in in aid in military aid it may be too late i mean they knew a month or two months ago that the russians were going to be invading and that would have been the time to hit them with sanctions that would have been the time uh to offer military aid that would have been the time for diplomacy but it seems and i know they were trying to negotiate with russia not to invade but when you surround the country with tanks, clearly your intentions and tanks and troops, clearly your intention is to invade. But the Ukrainian people are tough. They're all putting on their army fatigues and they're fighting. They may not even be members of the armed forces, but they're going to fight to defend their country. On screen right now, you're seeing a married couple that just got married and they're picking up their rifles and they're going to defend their country. It's just an incredible, incredible thing. Uh, I'm going to pull up some more um, footage of, of what's going on in Ukraine. And uh, you can see some of the photos. And it's just really heartbreaking to see a city like this uh, 
I'm going to put this in the on the screen right now. Actually, it's okay. Here we go. showing some of the pictures on the screen of the Ukrainians defending their city of Kiev. Um, you're seeing some civilian buildings just blown apart. Were these intentional bombings by the Russians or were these errant bombs that hit civilian locations? Uh, we don't know, but this is a picture of war. And it seems that NATO isn't really getting involved, at least militarily, and many European nations that are part of NATO, for example, Poland, these Europeans are very nervous that Russia may also invade them. You know, it's it's just a, it's just a very bad situation. You're watching these pictures on the screen and it's, it's heartbreaking. We have a woman on the screen crying with her left hand to her mouth, kids sitting on a bench. Folks are living in parking garages to avoid the bombs or in the subway station. There's a picture right there of people living underground because they cannot be above ground. It's just really disgusting. Uh, Amanda Cunningham, I needed to come here for understanding what the hell is going on. I love from Scotland. Thank you, Amanda. Uh, we try to call it the way we see it on here. Uh, there's so much politics to this. Um, we are a global world where we are all seemingly interdependent on the resources from other countries. This is one of the points that we had spoken about the other day is like why the United States as the most powerful nation in the world, why are we dependent on Russian oil? Why are we importing oil from Russia when we have all the resources in our country to produce our own oil? And it all has to do with politics, with global warming, uh, the new president shut down the, the, the pipeline. He shut down all future drilling and fracking. Years ago, they shut down nuclear power. This could become a real crazy crisis that, uh, you know, we're going to all have to deal with. So we, we ask, you know, wouldn't, couldn't we take the sting out of Russia right now by producing our own energy? We have the ability to do it. We have the ability to produce our own energy. Why we're not doing it, I, I don't know. And that's one of the questions that we all have. You know, I want to play something that, to me, is just the epitome of horrendous politics. And it's John Kerry. I don't know if you guys know who John Kerry was. He was a former senator, but he is now the, the energy czar and just a pathetic, pathetic individual. I'm going to play this. Uh, I want to put it on the screen, and just you can you can judge for yourself. Uh, what do you think of this man who's flying around the world in his own private jet while talking about carbon credits? You know, it's just that that outrageous. And here he is. I, I never cared for this man to begin with. We're going to play this right now. I'm very concerned about I'm concerned about Ukraine because of the people of Ukraine and because of the principles that are at risk uh, in terms of international law and trying to change boundaries of international law by force. Uh, I thought we lived in a world that had said no to that kind of activity. And I hope diplomacy will win, but a massive 
uh, emissions consequences to the war, but equally importantly, you're going to lose people's focus. You're going to lose certainly big country attention because they will be diverted, and and uh, I think it could have a damaging impact. So, you know, I think hopefully President Putin would realize that in the northern part of his country, they used to live on 66% of a nation that was over frozen land. Now it's thawing and his infrastructure is at risk and the people of Russia are at risk. And so I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. Is that unbelievable? Here, Russia invades Ukraine, and this idiot's worrying about global warming and, like, thinking that Putin gives a shit about global warming. Do you think that's on his mind as he invades Ukraine? I mean, what this guy, you know, I just cannot. I, I don't get it. I don't get it, you know. Uh, there's not a bigger hypocrite in the world than John Kerry, you know. He's married to uh, the heir of the Heinz ketchup fortune, and... uh here he is again, flying around in, in a private jet and talking about global warming as a country invades uh, Russia, invades Ukraine. I just do not, do not get it. You know, uh, as I said earlier, um, Zelensky was thr thrust into becoming—he's uh, a badass. You know, can you imagine any of our politicians? Um, you know, saying they don't want to flee their country; they want to stand and fight. I, I cannot, I would see them taking the next flight out of LaGuardia, you know. A Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, walked out into the streets of Kiev as it remained under attack by Russian forces. He debunked Russian claims that he had fled the country. Listen, I am here. We will not lay down our weapons. We will defend our state because our weapons are our truth. And the truth is that this is our land. Zelensky says he is the number one target of Vladimir Putin. Aware of the danger to his life, he told European leaders on a conference call Friday that it might be the last time they see him alive. U.S. officials have offered to evacuate Zelensky from the country, but in comments reported by Ukraine's embassy in Britain, he refused, saying, I need ammunition, not a ride. Zelensky is a former comedian and actor who played the role of president in a hit television series before becoming one in real life, elected in a landslide in 2019. As Vladimir Putin justifies his invasion as the denazification of Ukraine, Zelensky, who is Jewish, has pointed out that his grandfather fought against the Nazis in World War II and that he lost family members in the Holocaust. Analysts say that removing Zelensky could offer Vladimir Putin the fastest way to end the war and occupy Ukraine by installing a new leader. But even with his life under threat, President Zelensky remains determined, insisting he's not going anywhere. Pretty amazing that the, uh, the president of a country uh, gets this reputation because of you know, 24-hour news, uh, media all over the world as a badass. And that's leadership. That is leadership. I can't imagine, you know, many other politicians not taking that ride, you know. But here he is. He's going to stand and fight for his country. What do you think of the people feel about him? 
You think that uh, they respect that? On the screen, there's a little um, map of the Ukraine and they're showing that w- which way the um, the paths of the invasion. The, the invasion started on the 22nd. However, the country was surrounded uh, about two months before that. And yet it took so long to... Um, for them to take any kind of action, you know, sanctions against them. So we wonder why did it take so long to initiate sanctions against them when it was clear uh, that they were going to invade? It was very clear. So I, I don't understand what took our country so long to uh, to initiate sanctions. And uh, there's another a stream here from the uh, from the news being received there today. Senior international correspondent Keir Simmons joins us from there. Hey, Keir, good morning. Hoda, good morning. President Putin made his televised announcement before 6 a.m. here in Moscow, but Russians woke up to find it playing on loop on Russian morning television and to find the value of their currency crashing. Hoda, there have been lines at banks of Russians trying to withdraw dollars from banks and people coming up to us on the street to tell us how upset they are. One man told us he supports President Putin. Many, many others told us they do not, including one woman who says her partner is Ukrainian and how frightened she is for him. I don't like it and I don't want it to be like that at all. Do you know people in Ukraine? Yep, I'm actually in love with one. So I don't, I don't know what to say. It's a tragedy. I'm afraid that something will happen here and I'm afraid of people who live in Ukraine. You're afraid for them? Yes. And President Putin has canceled his public appearances. Today we're told that he is meeting with oligarchs as Russia faces those uh, huge sanctions threatened by the West at Savannah. Uh, President Putin, we are told, is making the decisions with a small group around him inside the walls of the Kremlin, Savannah. All right, Kara, thank you. So, folks, there you have it. Uh, one of the things that I noticed, you know, when if we want to talk about a war touching our shores, probably the closest we got to it was being attacked on 9-11. And that was the closest, I think, the United States of America got to feel what it was like to be attacked from a foreign uh, government. And even though those were individual technically represented an ideology, they certainly represented the ideas of a country. And one of the things I noticed, you know, of course, I was a member of the NYPD at that time, and I was a first responder, is many people in the city um, fled the city after that. But you talk about these Ukrainians, they're standing there and they're going to defend their city, Kiev. They're going to stand and fight. It was very similar during the, um, the pandemic. Many people fled New York City. People will of means, people that had uh, a lot of money. They fled out to their second home in the Hamptons or Montauk or Connecticut or upstate New York, wherever they wanted to go. So when you think of that, uh, what is the difference between standing and fighting and fleeing? In our case, it was either 9-11, people fled the city, and uh, the pandemic, which was was still living uh, within that the restrictions of that now, but very different, right? Because if your country gets attacked, 
I mean, do we have the wherewithal as a country to defend our country? I see a lot of the, the young people, um, you know, we always blame the millennials and millennials are no good, the millennials this, millennials that. But I think they've lived a charmed life. You know, we, we talk about participation trophies. We're taught the way that they were taught in school by a lot of the left-wing ideological uh, teachers. And you wonder, you know, there was something on Twitter today that people were worrying that they would inst- reinstitute the drafting in the United States if this ever occurred. And I was like, the best thing that could ever happen to millennials is if they got drafted. They could use a kick in the ass and learn that life isn't all about them and participation trophies. So I'm probably going to get some hate mail from Twitter, but that's fine with me. You know, I just, when you see that, it just is, uh, it's it's just pathetic. It's just pathetic. And do we have the wherewithal to defend our country? You know, you know, in Israel, I think uh, every citizen has to do two years in the army. And I think that's great. I think they really learn a lot about uh, about life. They learn a lot about, uh, you know, about working with other people, being in the service. Uh, it's it's probably a good idea. So when they said, oh, if they reinstituted the draft, there was a, yeah, probably be the greatest thing on this earth for millennials for them to reinstitute the draft. Let them feel what it's like to be in the service, you know? I think that would be great. ...and their families behind. A wartime city as Ukrainian soldiers brace for another Russian assault on the capital. U.S. defense officials say Russian leader Vladimir Putin is staging military forces about 20 miles outside Kyiv. Though it's believed some Russian forces are disoriented, not anticipating the mission would be this difficult. Ukrainian President Zelensky standing his ground in central Kyiv. But we know we are defending our country, our land, and our children's futures. Ukrainian men and women heeding the call for help, taking up arms to fight against Russian troops. The Ukrainian military handing out 18,000 weapons to volunteers. Across the globe, protest calling on Russia to cease fire. This as the White House announces new sanctions against Russia. The U.S. joining the European Commission, France, Germany, Italy, the United Kingdom, and Canada in banning some Russian banks from the SWIFT global payments network. You have two options. Start a third world war, go to war with Russia physically, or two, um, make sure that uh, a country that acts so contrary to international law ends up paying a price for having done it. And the U.S. and other countries also reinforcing Ukrainian defense. Germany has dropped its historic position to not send lethal military aid to conflict zones and is now providing a thousand anti-tank weapons and 500 Stinger missiles. Kyiv residents are under curfew tonight and being urged to stay inside until Monday morning. Other civilians are trying desperately to flee the country. They're facing traffic jams up to 40 hours long. So, folks, you see that uh, they have that posture to stay there and fight. I mean, when I saw um, President Biden, uh, who is our commander in chief on the air, I don't have much confidence in him uh, that he could lead anything resembling a military operation. 
but to, or or any of the Kamala Harris. Could you imagine her leading a military operation? Yet the president is the commander in chief and is in charge of the armed forces. Uh, so I think that you know, thank God we're not involved in this. And you know, the American people right now we've we fought wars for you know after nine eleven it was twenty something years of you know, occupying uh, Afghanistan, we uh, in Iraq. Um, I think people have lost a lot their stomach for it. They don't want any more American boots on the ground. And to tell you the truth, I don't blame them because look at the disaster that Afghanistan was. Our government left $80 billion worth of equipment in Afghanistan. It's, it's like unfathomable. That's no respect whatsoever for the taxpayer. Or oh, they couldn't have taken that equipment back. They couldn't have sent in troops to retrieve it. They left it there. And not only is that just a horrendous thing as far as financially, but how about strategically and also intelligence-wise, they left Apache helicopters there. Now they can just pick them pick it apart and figure out how to build an Apache. You know, it just Blackhawk, all of those helicopters, the technology. Now they know how to do it, you know unbelievable the disrespect that our government gives to its citizens when they do things like that folks this is police off the cuff real crime stories i know we're sort of veering off a crime story but this is an international story a story that can affect us all and will affect us all i mean besides the fact even without this war we have seen the price of oil skyrocket right and a lot of that has to do with um the fact that we don't we're not producing it anymore that Keystone Pipeline, the day Biden was elected, he he got rid of that, right? No more Keystone Pipeline. No more fracking. No more new oil exploration. So now, as a result, what we have to do is import oil. And we're importing oil from Russia. Is that, is that just crazy? I mean, when you think of the politics of this, how crazy is it that we're importing oil from the very country uh, that is a war. Just, just it does not make any sense whatsoever. Uh, I want to. We're going to talk a little bit about the financial end of this and the financial sanctions. Um, I'm going to put this on the screen, Larry Kudlow, uh, and this also doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. Let's get this on the screen and we'll play it. This, does this move with SWIFT not sanction the no. Russian central bank? No, it doesn't sanction the payments, no. Now, some commercial banks, many of the commercial banks, have been sanctioned. That means you can't, <clears throat> means you can't do business with them. Mm -hmm. And I think secondary sanctions uh, will also apply. In other words, J.P. Morgan can't do business now by law because we've sanctioned central, uh, commercial banks. And probably J.P. Morgan's correspondence around the world will not do business with Russian central banks. They have avoided all of the energy-related banks, okay? That was my next so question. That's kind of a glitch. Is that, is that because there's too much, that Vladimir Putin has too much leverage and they just don't want to go there yet? I mean, th that's, that's the bulk of their economy. If you really want to make it hurt, you hit him at energy. Yeah, the late John McCain put it very well. It was one of his finest moments. He was a friend of mine. He said, Russia is an old gas station masquerading as a country. All they do is oil and gas. That's it. They have some raw materials, too. So the way to get at them is to open the spigots wide 
okay? Drill, 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 pipeline, 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 get the world oil price down. This is where Biden has made an enormous mistake and has handed Putin you know, on a silver platter, a lot of financial power. I'll give you a little bit of history real fast. When oil prices got to $150 a barrel in 2008, Putin took Georgia, okay? Mm -hmm. Then oil prices simmered down. Then oil prices in 2014 got back to $100 a barrel. Putin took Crimea. Then with the fracking revolution, which started under Obama, even though he opposed it, and then continued under Trump with energy independence, oil prices were low, you know, 25, 40, 45, maybe $50. You never heard from Putin. The past year, oil prices have jumped from $50 to $100. Wow. Putin. Folks, amazing, right? That what he's talking about, obviously, is what I mentioned before. We need to drill, we need the pipeline open, we need to produce energy. This way, it'll just take all the steam out of Russia. And I saw someone in the chat saying we have to wean ourselves off oil. You know, that may be true, but you cannot do it overnight. And you see what's happening when we try to get too aggressive with this green energy thing. Uh, countries like Russia can hold us hostage because we're not ready to go to total green energy or to windmill power or to get off home heating oil. And at the same time, you know, I guess it's probably like maybe 15, 20 years ago, we stopped uh, producing nuclear power plants. So we don't have even have that for power plants, uh, for power, uh, nuclear power plants. So all of these things is the perfect storm for a country, a rogue country like Russia, to, to, to invade another country. And what are we going to do about it? made about 85 billion in profits from that and he's using that money to finance his war on ukraine so the moral of the story is open the spigots biden is doing exactly the reverse it is press conference thursday biden attacked the oil and gas yes company. he did don't take advantage yes, of those. <laughs> um jennifer granholm right now the energy secretary has a hold on six LNG export projects. She won't put it through. The Interior Department has stopped all new federal leasing for new projects, whether it's oil and gas or LNG exports. They are doing everything to help Putin rather than to hurt him. So, Pete, I'm for sanctions. You know, we need to go further on that. We need to sanction the central bank. We need to sanction all the commercial banks. That will hurt a lot. But ultimately, pour it on. We could produce 15 million barrels a day. We're only at 11 and a half now. You do that, gasoline prices come down. The world crude price comes down. Putin loses money. So like Ukraine, he's stuck in Ukraine. It's yeah. going to cost him a lot more yeah. money than he thought. That's the way to go after him. Reinstate the Keystone Pipeline. Reinstate the drilling in Alaska. So simple. All the above energy policy. I'm not against renewables. I'm saying don't close down our principal source because we're handing Putin profits and he uses those profits to exercise, you know, his whatever demonic. He wants to break up NATO, mm. take the U.S. Yeah. down. Just drill, drill, drill. Remember that old one? I do. I do. Uh, we've got to leave it that right there. Class dismissed. The universe. <laughs> So, folks, you heard that. What could uh, uh, strategically, what could stop Putin 
It's the hit him in a pocketbook. Yeah, I love that line from the um, deceased uh, former Senator John McCain. He said, Russia is an old gas station masquerading as a country. That was pretty funny, I thought. Uh, pretty pretty good. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. Um, if you like the show and if you're not subscribed, please go on our YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up. Ring that bell. And if you want to help support us, you can go on our Patreon. We have three different levels on our Patreon. And you can also become a channel member on our YouTube channel where we have five different levels. We appreciate your support. Um, we're trying to do the best coverage possible. Even though this is a little out of our um, out of our mainstream, we do crime mostly, but this affects everybody. You know, I was just telling my wife today, I went to the supermarket and I was going to buy a steak and the steak small little steak was like $22. And I was like, oh my God. And what do you, why do you think that is? Well, it's because the price of gasoline and oil has an effect on food prices, on everything. I mean, everything costs more when energy is through the roof. You know, it's Edward Stackpole. We must start protecting the grid, start building nuclear power plants and pumping North American oil and gas fast as possible. I happen to agree with you, Ed. I know there's many people that uh, with the green energy uh, agenda, and I'm for green energy too. I'm totally for it, but we can't switch over overnight to green energy. It's uh, it's just crazy. Um, Marlene Ameling, thank you for covering this. You've been the most honest and realistic about this whole situation. Thank you, Marlene. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, look, world politics, I mean, I don't pretend to be a uh, an aficionado on world politics. I have opinions on things, but it's all very complicated, especially in the global economy uh, where we get, well, I mean, I can, you cannot believe the, the amount of things that we import from China. I, you probably can imagine because we've seen it happen. And the fact that we're importing, you know, X amount of millions of gallons a day of, of Russian oil. Uh, this makes this invasion of uh, Ukraine that much more complicated, you know, that much more difficult for us to just sanction them. You know, there's, uh, there's certain countries, you know, Germany is totally dependent on Russia uh, for their, for their oil, for their energy. So the, how cooperative you think they'll be in sanctioning uh, Russia. I mean, Putin to me seems like another Hitler or a Stalin. He's just as a, uh, a bad guy, former KGB agent. You know, he knows where the bodies are buried. I think he, uh, he's trained in all kinds of dirty tricks. And uh, I don't think he, um, he cares. I think he has that philosophy of um, to conquer and since Ukraine used to be part of the Soviet Union, he wants it back in any way that he can possibly get it. And this is sort of sad, you know. There's some Ukrainian just looks like young guys, uh, you know, putting on their army fatigues to, uh, to fight for their country. It's it's just an incredible thing. Again, that woman standing there with the rifle on the screen is Miss Ukraine. So she's ready to fight too, you know. And, of course, we have the Klitschko brothers Waldemir and Vladimir Klitschko, two heavyweight boxers that uh, they're ready to go at. They're ready to support their country. 
and of course the president of uh, of Ukraine, who's gotten a reputation as a badass for staying with his country and not fleeing like a lot of politicians would do. Uh, Nico Porcianen, Germany announced today that they are seriously um, rearming and they are getting rid of the Russian uh, energy source. Well, I don't know if they can do that overnight. Uh, Sierra, people need to start being more conscious of our planet too as we're in climate change now, protect our planet, Earth, wildlife, nature. Sierra, I agree. However, you know, we have to do it slowly and we have to do it uh, intelligently. And um, when that, that little video I played of John Kerry, he's talking as if Vladimir Putin gives a crap about global warming. He's invading another country. You think he cares about global warming? I don't think he does, you know. Joan Guerrero, sanctions won't work. Putin is underestimating the Ukrainians. Never underestimate others. They may surprise you. I would beat male Marines in arm wrestling because they underestimated me. (laughs) Okay, Joan, (laughs) that's great. Uh, D.D. Robert, Delron Smith, why? They need to stand up to him. Lieutenant Pete, you hit it right on the head. Prayers for Ukraine. They, everyone can always uh, use prayers. And um, John Antis, uh, Vitaly Klitschko is actually the mayor of Kiev. Uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. The Klitschko brothers apparently are very educated, too. I think um, uh, Vladimir, I think, or could maybe it's his second name, Vitaly. He's got a PhD. These guys are not... Uh, They're not just athletes. These guys are real smart guys. Uh, So they're ready to fight for their country. And um, on other countries depending on Russian oil and economy. You know something, but, you know, all of us that have been around for a while, we know that that Russia invaded Afghanistan in, uh, I think it was the late 70s, early 80s, and they got their butts kicked in. And it was a... Huge, huge mistake for them to get involved in that war. And they got involved in it anyway, and it was a mistake. So let's hope that this little invasion into the Ukraine is a huge mistake, and they pay for it dearly economically, and they pay for it dearly with their um, their with their role in the world. Because with this global economy and this global, the, um, the media we have, social media, everyone's watching Russia. So they're not going to get away with it. Everyone is watching the atrocities that they're um, conducting on the Ukrainians. And they're not going to get away with it. I guarantee they're not going to get away with it. Um, Crime Lines and Lies. D.D. Robert, great minds think alike. I love this channel. Thank you so much, Crime Lines and Lies. I appreciate that. Um, Folks, so uh, I just wanted to come on the air today on this sort of Coffee with Cannon. That's my... A, pre, a smaller show, the shorter show I do, sort of talk to some of you guys on a Sunday afternoon after everyone's been to church, I guess, right? Has everyone been to church? I don't know. Um, so I wanted just to talk about this because it is one of the biggest things that uh, in the news right now. It is the, the top story in the news right now, and I think it's important uh, to talk about it. DT number 58, driver, we need Trump back. <laughs> Gary Pollock, Billy, great job on world events. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. So, guys, this is um, Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories, Coffee with Cannon. I want to thank you guys for tuning in today. 
Have a safe day. And I'll, uh, I'm going to see you Tuesday night. I have a great show coming up Tuesday night with um, Ivy League Murders, the two women that produced that uh, podcast. They're going to be on the show. So, guys, have a great day. One episode, just saying enough.